This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart. Three, two, Thursday, July 13th, breaking Boston. And there is absolutely nothing breaking in the sports world of Boston today. It is one day after the made-up award show that is the ESPYs, one in which, no, Jason Tatum was not the best basketball player. No, you did not have actually any awards of note. Remember the good old days when the Patriots and the Red Sox and Celtics would all be well represented at the ESPYs? Not anymore. You watch other teams. You watch Patrick Mahomes yuck it up on stage while collecting Athlete of the Year. Two days off to, after the All-Star Game. So this is what they call the dead period in the sports calendar. And therefore, I take this opportunity to quite honestly rant about something that's bothered me for quite some time now. And it is the what I believe has become the biggest frustration in being a Boston sports fan. And I know it's not necessarily something new. Some of our older listeners, and I know there's some out there listening to Breaking Boston each day to get their latest and greatest sports updates. I know our old listeners will say, well, Babe Ruth got traded and Carlton Fisk got traded and they ran Mike Haynes out of town. Yes, I'm talking about great players and where their careers and their playing time in Boston's arrivals and departures are affected by finances. But I think you can make a strong argument that finances now have a greater influence on Boston sports, the four major sports teams, more than ever before. And I would use as example number one, first and foremost, as I was preparing for the podcast this morning, I said, oh, I'll click on The Athletic. They have a little trade deadline primer for your Boston Red Sox as we are three weeks away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And somewhere in the first couple paragraphs, I had to read, well, the Red Sox don't really have a lot of money to spend because they have a $227 million payroll, and the first threshold for the luxury tax is $233 million, so they may not be able to be aggressive. 
I hate it. I despise it. And this comes on the heels of Bruins fans. You had to trade Taylor Hall, a player everyone seemed to like a couple years ago when he was traded for and then re-signed with the Bruins. Now, his $6 million cap slot, way too much for a team that's up against it in what honestly in the NHL is kind of a hard cap. Boston Celtics. Okay, let's talk about the Celtics, the maybe closest to a championship in town, maybe closest to being on the ESPYs and collecting awards and all the fun. Well, the Boston Celtics, all I hear about, how, how, how come Jalen Brown hasn't signed his Supermax extension and finances and what you have to do to manipulate the cap? And, oh, God, oh, God, there's a new CBA. It has a second apron. And if you sign Jalen Brown and then you sign Jason Tatum, who just so happened to be two first and second team all-NBA players, superstars, well, you're going to hamstring yourself. You're going to tie your hands. And then there's the New England Patriots who have, according to our friend uh, Pat's cap over on Twitter, about uh, 16 plus million dollars in salary cap space right now, which is a good chunk of change heading into training camp, training camp less than a month away at Gillette Stadium. And all fans really want is for the team to add another player, specifically DeAndre Hopkins, who I got to think you could have for a cap number under 16 million dollars, but Hopkins seems to be waiting it out. The offers aren't that palatable. The same can be said for Dalvin Cook, who is out there, free agent, Pro Bowl caliber running back, could really inject life into your offense, pair him with Ramondre Stevenson, whatever the case may be. So simply put, I pose this question. I will introduce uh, also our producer, Cooper Leonard, who likes to chime in on these solo podcasts. When hey, I how you doing? Hi, how are you? So, Coop, am I wrong in that it in Boston, and I'm being specific to Boston here because I know there are other places where finances are a much bigger issue, where ballparks aren't sold out, where they aren't a big market. Now, we can get into whether that's even an argument anymore because I watch teams like the Padres sign $300 million player after $300 million player each offseason, or even the Minnesota Twins who sign, you know, swoop in out of nowhere and sign Carlos Correa and big money contracts. And you say, well, wait, if they're a small market team and they can do how come we can't do that? But is is there an argument to be made? Because I'm certainly making the argument this morning on Breaking Boston that finances, money are arguably the biggest frustration of being a Boston sports fan right now. And they should not be because you are Boston. You are in the big boy club the original, whatever club you want to call yourself in, you're in a market where people care about passion in sports. Hell, I listened on our station, WEEI yesterday, Bruce Cassidy talk about one of the things he missed the most while being shipped out of Boston and then going to Vegas to win the Stanley Cup was the four seasons of sports, the competitive environment of the Bruins aren't just competing with the hockey teams, they're competing with the Celtics and the Patriots and the Red Sox for championships this world that's so passionately fueled by fans who spend a lot of effing money in your buildings frequently, why do I have to hear so gosh darn often about finances and luxury taxes and salary caps and, oh, we can't afford this player. We need, oh, we, we got to get rid of somebody to cut costs like the Bruins did for Taylor. Why is that part of my daily sports landscape in the great city of Boston? Well, if I'm coming from the Sam Kennedy School of the Spin Zone, uh, I'd answer that first Good question. School. Great school, great, uh, great acclamations and everything. Uh, Boston has a lot alumni. of schools. Great, 
Yeah, it's a great yeah. school. That's up there with Harvard and Tufts and yep. MIT and all yep. those schools. He would probably point to the fact that Fenway is a smaller ballpark, much smaller than Petco that San Diego has and much smaller than Target that Minnesota has. So they can afford to pay those guys because they can fill out more of the ballpark, even though Fenway consistently is being told that they do about 30000 a night. Whether that's actually accurate or not, that might be just the turnstile exits or entrances. <laughs> but... You're, you're, I mean, like, you're absolutely right. It, the Red Sox are close to the salary tax, which people sometimes tend to forget. But it's are they close to that salary, that first level of the salary tax because it was good roster construction or poor roster construction? I would be agreeing with you. It's tended. I don't know. A lot of guys are hurt. And there's a lot of guys in that middle infield position that don't seem to really be able to play middle infield. So you would point to that and say, hey, like, why are we not spending our money appropriately? on starting pitchers or to like actually patch up the holes that we knew we were going to have in the infield. That seems like sm like very smart expenditure. And there were names on the market to do that pretty affordably. So it, you kind of get into that point where you know what you're expecting with some of these guys, like with the Red Sox, where they want to be finding the diamonds in the rough, as Haim loves to say. And you do get to that point where it's kind of like, all right, that's really cool and all. But the city also really enjoys championships. That's kind of been the whole my upbringing. I was born in 97, not to make anyone feel pretty old out there. But my entire upbringing is pretty much championships, which that's... You're a pink hat. Yeah. I mean, like, I by nature, by upbringing, like, I can't fight that. I am. like but, Boiled. But the benefit of that is now I'm probably going to be a ruined Boston sports fan the rest of my life. And there's this understanding that maybe there is... Like there, there's an ending to the Pax Romana. It, there was only 200 years of it for a reason because it's not sustainable. And I'm not saying that Boston isn't sustainable right now with their sports market, but there's a lot of a lot of big markets out there. San Diego is technically a big market, even though they don't seem that way. They have the potential to like really capture a fan base, which they're doing all they can right now. That's why they're spending 300 million dollars just in a single season. Well, the Mets are spending $300 in just a single season. The Padres are coming fairly close to it. And that's because they're trying to capture that fan base. With the Red Sox right now, with the Patriots, with the Bruins, with the Celtics, they know that they can get by on a loyal fan base. I, I, I absolutely think ownership understands that. But the fan base also has to kind of understand that, hey, there are going to be ebbs and flows. Right now, it's a hell of a ebb. I don't know about you, but it kind of sucks around here right now, especially when you're being told that you can't afford guys like D hop when I don't know, like Randy Moss did take a pay cut technically to come and play here, but mm -hmm. you were still going out and getting guys like Randy Moss when you had Tom Brady, like the whole narrative that Tom Brady kind of came up and did this whole thing on his own is absolute BS. Like Bill was still getting going out and getting guys for him. And then you look at Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce could not get it done on his own. They go out and they get KG. They go out and they get Ray Allen. They get the pieces that they need in order to tie it through. And that's what's been missing. Like, there are pieces in place right now with every single one of these teams. The Bruins had it last year, and I, they got unlucky. Like that, As much as people hate to say the whole luck thing, they got unlucky. But the Bruins, I think, of the four teams right now, they did the most that they could to actually get that championship. The Celtics, not too sure. What's going on there? They're spending on Porzingis, but, and they're going to spend on Brown, hopefully. But yeah, like it, 
where do you go from from there? Like, are, do they have enough of like the pieces around them? Do they have enough of the coaching staff? So that's where it's kind of like you have the Bruins and the Celtics who are there, but maybe the players aren't there and they're not spending wisely. But they're also not willing to go in on, I don't know, guys like Damian Lillard. That would be very fun to watch. Or is that more of Damian Lillard understands what's going on in Boston and doesn't want to be here? That's the question that's now starting to arise. Is, uh, did, they, did Boston take too much of a break from the Boston Romana and now players just don't want to be here anymore? So I think there's a lot of layers to everything we're talking about here. Um, I think the thing, so first of all, you're right in that there's two differentiations. Celtics and Bruins are title contenders right now, or at least they were the last time they took the ice and the court respectively. Bruins, are they in a bit of a Love bridge Love when the Celtics here? take the ice. Love that. I would pay to watch Kristaps Porzingis take the ice. I think that would be thorough. Ever see Bambi take the ice? I think it would be similar. I he's, think it would be thoroughly entertaining. He's Eastern European. He might be the closest to be able to skate. Just probably Pasternak a little bit, right? A seven plus foot guy on skates is going to be what it's entertaining. Are you forgetting you want about another seven plus guy in Boston that was great on skates? Well, yeah, but he was a hockey player. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, I'll be uh, entertained by Porzingis on skates. Either he'll suck and fall on his face, and I'll laugh, or he'll skate really well, and I'll go. Son of a bitch, guy can skate. That's He's pretty doing impressive. It for the I believe in him. Um, so you have those two teams that last we saw, even if the Bruins are tearing down a little bit or entering a bridge era or whatever, have a th- to think about finances in their everyday sports world. Oh, I want that player. Oh, we can't afford him because the second apron will be triggered, or we can't afford him because of the luxury tax. The teams don't do that with the fans. So I see Robert Kraft's franchise go $5 billion, $6 billion, however effing many billion it's worth right now. And I see him raising ticket prices. And I see very expensive concessions in a world where inflation is a part of their, I won't say all their customers' issues, because some of their high-end customers probably don't feel the effects of inf- inflation. But some of their blue-collar crowd, loyal metal bench seat type season ticket holders they feel the effects of inflation i so i guess my point is not sure it's a two-way street you ask me as a fan to understand your financial limitations or whatever if you want to believe that the red Sox have a smaller ballpark i think it's bs i think they have the benefit of a historic ballpark where people from Des Moines, Iowa, go on vacation and say, hey, let's hit Fenway. And they get they get people in the seats every night to see Fenway, even with their crappy ass baseball team on the field over the last couple of years. So I actually think they benefit. But forget it. Also, I don't believe anybody handcuffed them to Fenway Park and said you can never, ever build another facility. You could have done what you wanted to do. You chose. Oh, my gosh. The the 90 was it 99 or 97 ballpark plan that they had? Um, John Harrington had he had yeah. everything planned out. He yeah. showed it to Bud Selig. It actually like I, yeah. If if you're listening to this, go look that up because it, yeah. it looks amazing. And they like, chose to go awesome America's plan. most beloved ballpark and stick and put it on the register of whatever and blah blah hey, blah. National Park Service is now taking care of that. We've got Teddy Roosevelt system now, making sure that is never going away. Right, but so don't bitch about it. You chose. You made your bed. Now you lie in it. But my greater point is. I don't see teams or, I mean, hell, the Boston Red Sox, they put out an app that's $30 a month. 
Do you think that is um, inflation aware, customer aware? I mean, you're in a world where most people who stream anything or use an app for anything try to share it with as many people as possible so they can not only pay less, pay almost nothing. Like, oh, it's $9.99 a month? Well, if he buys that one and I buy this one and then we swap, now we're only- That's $15 a month. Like, what do we do? They, so- But but on top of that, Andy, you only get about like 24 hours out of New England to actually watch it. So if you wanted to go on vacation and check out the socks while you're, you know, gallivanting down in Aruba, better enjoy it for 24 hours and then you tapped out. I didn't even know that. So, yeah, but so when do they become aware that their customer is dealing with gas and milk? When did milk become whatever it is, five something a gallon now or eggs, seven dollars a get? Like, do you see the Red Sox being, oh, we're really aware that you're dealing with some, uh, let's call them salary cap issues in your personal life. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to slash our season ticket prices because we also should probably do that because, well, we're giving you a half a baseball team. We should probably only char- charge you half as much. Any major league team that doesn't have a shortstop, literally does not have a shortstop, should be embarrassed to charge full prices, right? Like if I'm not the most athletic the- position on the field, like the the supposed leader of your like team, yeah, is yeah, and you don't have every team, every team. T-ball, junior league. Hey, who's the best player? Okay, go to short, short please. <laughs> oh, you know when you're not on short? Only time you're not on short is when you're pitching because they're your best player. They're your star. They're your build-around player. And yet the Boston Red Sox are playing a season at full price with app at full price without a shortstop. I mean, oh, but Trevor Story comes back at the trade deadline. He'll be the greatest trade den- acquisition ever. Come he, on, he Andy. won't be. He won't be. That's another issue. They tried to sell me about how big a contract he is. John Henry, oh, you don't consider Trevor Story a big contract? A, I don't really consider it a big contract in modern Major League Baseball where big contracts are $300 million. B, I don't really think he's that good. I think you overpaid for him. I think he's a solid player, maybe like a, an all star caliber player. Is he a star? No, he's an all star. And we saw like all stars aren't always the same as superstars. You also have to be healthy to be an all star, though. That's a great point. And he was they knew he wasn't healthy when they brought him in to run Xander Bogarts out of town and save money again. Back to money. It's always about money, saving money, cutting costs, except for the consumer. Consumer is never allowed to cut costs. Consumer every year pays more to go to games, pays more to watch games. And then we're left with somebody like Andy Hart on Breaking Boston on July 13th, because there's no sports, ranting about how effing frustrating it is that the first thing you have to think about in sports is money. And I started this is this podcast talking about, I know this isn't a new thing. This has gone on for hundreds of years in various ways. Red Sox lost Babe Ruth for financial reasons, because the owner had multiple businesses, blah, blah, blah. The Sullivan family, they were held together by duct tape and chewing gum, and they had no money. Okay, I understand it. And it was, e- I think it would have been easier back then to say, wow, these Sullivans, they're, they're really not that different than I am. They're just trying to keep it together. They're just trying to make ends meet. They're trying to make it work at the end of the month. Those days are gone. They're, well, Kraft, I was told, was brought up the same way. Uh, he may have been like brought up the same way. He don't live in that world no more. He lives Absolutely in a multi-billion not. dollar world. He rubs elbows with the who's of the who's globally. And yet he wants me to have some sort of compassion or or give in to the idea that, oh, money's tight or this or that, like reset years, bridge years. No, F you. Sports is about one thing. And I've said this over and over on the Breaking Boston podcast here. I've said it on Six Rings. I say it on WEEI. It's entertainment. 
entertainment. So when I go to be entertained, I shouldn't have to think about the money. I, sh I should think about what I'm watching and getting return on investment. I'll even say this, the most um, exorbitant costs in recent entertainment dollars, one could argue is Taylor Swift. I know I'm a dad. I bought tickets. Re oh, goddamn dad of the year right there. Guess what she does? Everybody who leaves her shows, you know what they say? Holy crap. That was a great show. That was awesome. That was a once in a lifetime experience. That's called return on investment. I'm not getting return on investment at Gillette Stadium right now. I see a football team over the last two years hasn't made the playoffs, hasn't won a playoff game, has a losing record, has really not entertained me, has had the worst special teams. They found ways to lose games, and yet I'm paying full price. That's not Taylor Swift-like. Or Fenway Park. Huh, who's playing short tonight? I don't know. Hey, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck, you, you still got an infielder's glove? You want to you wanna go take some ground balls and see if you can do the job tonight? It's thoroughly embarrassing, in my opinion, for Boston sports teams, New England sports teams, to put on the shoulders of their fans, their passionate, loyal fans, maybe the best fan base in sports, one of the top five, in my opinion, the fact that, oh, we got to uh, we got to cut corners financially. Times are tough financially. Oh, we don't have cap dollars. Oh, there's a tax. Oh, there's a new apron. You see that apron? I don't even know what an apron is, but if we cross the apron, we're going to have to be screwed for the next X number. No, your fans at the TD Garden, Fenway Park, and Gillette Stadium should show up, should pay modern prices for a modern product. And if you're in Boston, the modern product is expected to compete, as Robert Kraft said, Although he's not proving, he's not living, he has said it, I expect to compete every year, contend, to contend for a championship. Well, that ain't happening with some of the teams in this town, and some of them look like they could be going in the other direction, Boston Bruins, because of finances. And so I'm going to wrap this up, Coop, and then I'll give you the final word. Oh. I'm going to wrap this up by saying simply, on Thursday, July 13th, post-All-Star break, we haven't gotten to the second half of the NBA season uh, and uh, Major League Baseball season. We have not yet come to players reporting for training camp. So we're stuck in this dead time. During this dead time, I would appreciate if owners would keep their books closed, keep their finances behind closed doors. Don't tell me about how expensive it is to do business or your salary cap limits, limitations. Simply put a product on the field that I enjoy watching. That's all I ask for. Entertain me and take your finances and stick them up your caboose. Love that. Love that. And before we do wrap up, I'm going to, I know you said you're going to give me the last word, but it's going to be a question of a last word okay. for you and the listeners. Uh, you know, We get to this point where it's inevitable that a team will win a championship again. So long as sports are happening, I, I hope so. the odds are always there. The team will eventually win. And the question is if, if they win, if one team just wins in the next couple of years, are fans going to be attached to these teams as if they were like the 08 Celtics, the 11 Bruins, the 04 Red Sox, the early days of the Patriots, and even like the 51? Because even the Patriots towards the end of that, like that second dynasty, if we want to call it, that second era of three championships, like it did feel like, all right, this is something that's supposed to happen. Like, this is this is just the machine. This is what we expect out of the machine. And it kind of takes that whole like underdog. Can we do this? Are we able to do it out of it? And even the 2018 Red Sox felt that way. And I can't imagine that a next Red Sox championship 
fans are going to be feeling the same way. In my opinion, I just I think fans are going to look at it and be like, wow, that was a that was a really great fantasy season by Heim Bloom. He really knew how to put together a fantasy baseball team. It's not really guys that you can feel connected with because it is such an industry now. Like it, that's how it is looked at. And I'm not sure if a next championship will be feeling of the same way. Yeah, I do think there is, and we'll wrap it up on this. There is the question of how the passions of Boston have changed and the entitled town aspect of Boston and the championships. But I will say the further you get away from the championships, I think the swing back around of the pendulum, the excitement for the next championship will be greater And you have the Bruins so far away or the last dance aspect of last year that was supposed to be the special part of that season. You have Tatum and Brown trying to get over the hump and join the banners and the rafters of the great Celtics of all time and build it from within like they are trying to do, apparently, with some pieces added around them. Certainly the Patriots, the post-Tom Brady era, if you can get back whenever that comes. So I do think the lean times make you appreciate the great times better. And unfortunately, they're all kind of feeling some lean times in this in various ways uh, at this moment. Although, again, some places would say, wait a minute, you were in the NBA finals two years ago, one game from a title last year. It's not the same. Not the same. same. This is title town. We're looking to win titles. And I do think some of the passion of the early 2000s is gone because it had been so long for all the teams and you were not the entitled town region that we've become since then. But I also do believe if you do it the right way, Tatum and Brown, or you bring up um, Marce- Marcelo Mayer and some young guys and build around a core of Devers, there will be passion. People like winners in this town. Winners are wanted, as the Patriots once said on the backs of their T-shirts in the early 2000s. Winners are wanted in Boston. What is unwanted is too much financial talk. And I will move on with that. Breaking Boston wrapped up July the 13th, dead period, post-All-Star game. We talked a little money, and from now on, I'm not talking money anymore, whether it's on this podcast or on Six Rings or on WEEI, and you all know that is a bold-faced lie because uh, because you have to talk money in sports these days. It kind of works that way. Money talks. 